1: he's always mistakenly british teen crumpets cheerio but he's really a canuck known on all seven continents
0: oh i know who you are
1: america's undocumented anchorman he's a recording star and a tv star tuesdays james golden aka Bose nerdly presents mark stein And yes, ladies and gentlemen, America's undocumented anchorman joins us, and we have questions. Mark?
0: Yeah, you're just asking me about the uh, ins and outs of gay sex because I'm foreign, aren't I? This is that American assumption that anybody with a foreign accent is a practicing homosexual. I know where you're going with this.
1: I was making no such, I mean, Oscar Wilde, I mean, you don't know, uh, uh, Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah. These okay. terms, these these books that are in Florida schools, these woke books that people are saying should stay in schools, uh, teaching children all kind of things. I don't know some of these terms. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: find that very hard to believe. <laughs> okay, uh, I
1: won't. I won't press the issue.
0: No, <laughs> no. I, I own... I, what were they again? You were talking about uh, rimming. Really? I think that's something... Isn't that something to do with American football? I'm pretty sure... <laughs> I'm pretty sure... And uh, what was the other one? Strap-, Strap-, on. Strap On. Strap On. Strap On is a rapper. He did a duet <laughs> with Rihanna at the Halftime Show a
1: couple of weeks back. Strap On, I love him. I got all his albums. And, and I wonder after did Strap-On actually sniff his own fingers too <laughs> strap strap believe me strap on doesn 't need to do that
0: say uh, he's you know, very, I, do you know i what I find so odd about this these are books that are be are in the classroom of American schoolhouses now i I had uh the misfortune to go to an English boys' school where you had to pick up the ins and outs of gay sex in your own time recess, recess, uh, which is what they'd uh, call it. So, you know, you'd see a couple of the lads sort of uh, emerging from the back of the bicycle sheds with a slightly flushed look on their face. Uh, and the idea was that if you were into gay sex, you had to pick it up on your own time because the classroom was meant to be for history and Latin. Now the gay sex is being taught in the classroom, and if you want to pick up a little bit of history and Latin, you have to duck out behind the bicycle sheds during recess and pick it up on your own time. That's how nutso the, and how inverted uh, the entire educational system... The idea that you would have to... I can tell you something, having been to an English boys' school, and, uh, you know, if you're uh, out camping in the moors with the... Uh, uh with the cadets the military cadets as i did and you and you you were trying to sleep and a couple of the other fellows were getting a little frisky down the far end of the tent the idea that you would have to teach gay sex in schools would be absolutely incredible. Anyone who's into gay sex figures it out pretty quickly. The idea that you all oh, we uh, no we were going to start teaching it in fifth grade, but it's so complicated. I think we should prepare children by starting to teach it in pre-K. Uh, this is not. This is this is bonkers. There's no education in American education. That's the basic problem. It's a great place to go to pick up. Oh, and now (laughs) Miss Scroggins today is going to teach the second graders all about using a strap-on. It's pretty obvious to everyone except you, James, when you see a strap-on, what it's for and where it goes.
1: You don't need to teach it. (sighs) Mark, you are a national anthem. I hope that you were insulted. By this, because I think we would find it insulting. If someone changes a word in your national anthem, mm. the singer, Jelly Black, I've never heard of her before, mm-hmm. but she's very popular, I guess, up and she's a legendary Canadian yes. singer and songwriter. <laughs> yeah. She sang the Canadian national anthem at the All-Star Game, mm. and then she decides to change the words. Yeah. This is, I, do you know, she sang the, 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 uh,
0: the, the, there was a poll, there was a poll uh, a couple of years ago that found out that 83% of Americans knew the first line of the Star Spangled Banner, whereas only 41% of Canadians knew the first line of O Canada, (laughs) which is odd, because the first line of O Canada is O Canada. So it wasn't a great result. (laughs) The second line is, "O Canada, our home and native land. And this singer at the NBA game uh, changed it to our home on native land, implying uh, that the white man stole it all from the Indians and the Inuits. And I resent this slightly because 20 years ago, the last time they were going on about rewriting O Canada, I made this joke in the newspaper, in the National Post of Canada. I just sort of throwaway la- line. I said, O Canada, this is what they should change it to. O Canada, our home on native land. Uh, you know, everybody laughs and then turns the page. This woman is getting hailed as a hero for changing that word, our home on native land. It reminds me of something. Uh, The great Broadway director, George Abbott, the director of uh, Pajama Game and Damn Yankees and on and on and on, he told me long, long ago, the quickest way to make a million dollars is to take the thing that makes you laugh the most and play it for real because he'd he'd done this play in the 1920s. Uh, called Coquette, which was all about the morals of the Old South, you know, shotgun weddings and things like that. And it was written as a comedy, and in previews it was terrible. Nobody laughed at the comedy. And then he had this inspiration three days before opening night to just play it for real as a melodrama, and everybody in the audience is suddenly weeping with, la- uh, we- weeping with emotion. They're crying. They're howling, And that's what this one. She took my 20-year-old joke and she's making a million dollars out of it by playing it for real. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up on O Canada. They should have made the Maple Leaf Forever uh, Canada's national anthem.
1: Well, speaking of people making money, Al Gore is rich beyond belief. And one of the things that Al Gore has done is come up with a nice little green-friendly investment firm, and it owns more than $26 million dollars worth of share in
0: mm-hmm.
1: about two dozen companies that have been found to guess what increase gas emissions greenhouse gases <laughs> in other words he's becoming a multi billionaire yeah. by the help of polluting the earth. Yeah. And no yeah. one finds it strange, I suppose. No,
0: he needs he needs more money to fly around in his private plane spreading the message that you uh, should be riding the bus and throwing out your uh, washing machine and beating your clothes dry down on the rocks by the river with the village women folk every Tuesday. That's the thing. He, is, he needs all this money to be able to fly around telling you not to get on a plane to Florida. And so because of that, uh, he needs more money than you do. And the way for him to get more money to preach his message of environmental responsibility is by investing in big polluting companies that make him a lot of money because of all the pollution they generate. So then he can tell you, the little person, not to go polluting. And that's, that's environmentalism in a nutshell. Have you had a... He's the carbon footprint of Al Gore's home. Have you had a look at him watching, tracking all the pollution in his in his home office? He's got, like, all these banks of computers, because he's he's like Blofeld uh, uh, in the Bond films. He's got a supervillain lair in his house, and the electricity required for it, he's, he spends... At his at his mansion in Tennessee or wherever it is, uh, he, sp- he he blows through the average person's lifetime carbon footprint in about six weeks. It's different for him because he has been endowed with these this intellectual insight that enables him to fly around the world in private planes telling you just to stay home, ride the bus, eat locusts, eat crickets,
1: and don't pollute. That's his message. I was stunned, Mark, in the New York Times of all places, to find a story critical about Joe Biden's promises that he's made to hold the line on Social Security and and Medicare. And what stunned me was the numbers. I knew that the CBO had said, okay, look, we're going broke in these things. (laughs) But the numbers... Over three decades, Social Security is scheduled to pay benefits of $21 trillion Mm -hmm. greater than they can collect in. Medicare is projected to run $48 trillion deficit. Yeah. Now,
0: the thing about it, though, is this goes back to what you were talking about at the top of the show, about all the people are – People don't. The minute you say trillion, people don't get it because it used to be just a word you heard in astronomy. And then the United States became the first country in the history of the planet to have it as a budget item. It never that that word trillion had never been in a budget until the United States came along. And it's so unreal to most people. They can't even think of where's all this woke stuff, if you say, Oh yes, we're uh, we're introducing. We, we're spending uh, three hundred and forty thousand on um, Michelle. O, what, what is it? That build, build her it? trail, Michelle, a nature trail, trail, the in Michelle Georgia. Obama. Tra- I was getting confused because uh, Barack Obama's Kenyan brother managed to get some money uh, to put up a uh, Barack Obama senior. Memorial latrine on an interstate between Sudan and Kenya that (laughs) (laughs) you US taxpayers wound up paying for. Uh, Lois Lada approved that in Nothing Flat Uh, (laughs) at the IRS. And uh, the thing is that people can grasp that. I don't know whether we need a Barack Obama memorial latrine. Uh, People can grasp it. But the minute you say $48 trillion. Uh, nobody. Oh, it's so big. You might as well spend it because nobody knows what it is. And eventually no one's going to do anything about this. One day we're all just going to wake up and we'll discover that the entire country has fallen off the cliff and we're all in a big pile of rubble at the bottom because nobody uh, on. E- if you talk to anyone in Washington and look in their, to their eyes and you say forty eight trillion, you can see in their eyes. They have no intention of doing anything about that.
1: Well, combined, it's $69 trillion projected <laughs> deficit, which is... Oh, you know. Yes,
0: 69 <laughs> projected, so we know that when it actually rolls up, it'll be $269 trillion. And nobody knows what comes after a trillion, uh, wh- whatever it is, cotillion, I don't know what it is. But that's, uh, that's whatever it is, they g- they're going to have to use, start using that word soon. And it'll be some other astronomical term... Uh, that is uh, used for some uh, galaxy however many bazillion light years away, and that will start turning up in uh, budget uh, line items.
1: This stuff only ends at the bottom of the cliff. Well, before all of that happens and we fall off the cliff, we should invite people to join us in the merry month of July, hotter than July. When it's hotter than July all over the United States of America, you can be with us hanging out in the Adriatic, in the yeah. beautiful Adriatic, on a cruise. So why don't tell people how to go about joining us in July? Yeah. You and I are going to be cruising uh,
0: from Italy uh, down the Adriatic, Croatia, Montenegro to Greece. Montenegro, by the way, that's an interesting place. They don't have trillion in any of their budgets, in any of their government budgets. They don't know what a trillion is. That's what such a beautiful cruise it's going to be. We're going to uh, go to a land entirely unspoilt by trillion-dollar budget items. And uh, there'll be you, and there'll be me, and there'll be uh, one of my, my favorite female presidential candidate of this millennium so far, and that is Michelle Buckman, will be joining us. We're going to have a lot of fun, and you can find out more about it by going to MarkSteinCruise.com. At Stein,
1: S-T-E-Y-N, Marksteincruise.com.: Mark, we will look forward to speaking with you next Tuesday, see what else is in the news. And by then, some of us may have discovered the definitions of those words that we tossed out
0: yeah. a little bit have, earlier. Have, have a listen to Strap-On's last album. You'll, really, you'll be playing it in the car. I bet you'll love that one.
1: <laughs> James Golden, A.K. Snurley coming back. Your call's coming up. Don't go away.